0: So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen, episode 378. I am Chris Featherstone. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show We are live and in living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will, baby, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got so much to cover today. I got an extensive interview with uh, Wild Bill Irwin to talk about Dark Side of the Ring. I still wanted to bring someone on uh, to talk about the Dark Side of the Ring series. Um, So I have an interview that I'm going to play for you all of Wild Bill Irwin, ladies and gentlemen. A blast from the past. (laughs) Wild Bill Irwin. I keep telling you guys I love doing this. I love bringing back old school people who will give you road story after road story after road story. Uh, So we're going to – I'm going to bring on uh, Wild Bill Irwin. Um, Enjoy the interview. After that, uh, we got Stopping Grounds uh, recap. We have – We have, uh, of course, Raw on SmackDown. Uh, We also have um, uh, the big uh, war going on between Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay. Yikes. Uh, That's really crazy. Uh, Of course, uh, ask your Ask Chris questions on uh, the PNP chat, the best chat room on the planet. Uh, ask them on the PNP chat With the hashtag Ask Chris I will address them after the Interview uh, so without further ado Ladies and gentlemen I'm going to bring on uh, The interview with Wild Bill Ehrman and the flavor of the week is Going to be um, The five worst Years of pro Wrestling history <laughs> so We've been experiencing uh, Record lows of the past Couple of years and so We're going to do the uh, five best years and uh, but today we're going to do the five worst years in pro wrestling history alright so without further delay, Zemon, enjoy the interview with wild Bill Irwin and we'll be back on the other side uh, I had a really uh, I had an interest to talk to this person even before the Dark Side of the Ring series came out and even more uh, now since the Dark Side of the Ring series came out um, you know, I've been talking a lot about this show and just, uh, people's thoughts of, uh, wrestler's thoughts of, you know, who were, were a part of it, actual, a, a part of the, uh, the, the, the wrestling around the time and especially, you know, had conversations and had relationships with the people. Now, one of the biggest, uh, and most controversial and, and tragic, Parts of the Dark Side of the Ring and this pro wrestling history is the Von Erich curse, and so uh, we've talked about the Von Erich curse before. We've had we've had guests talk about it before, but we have another guest tonight. Uh, he's had experience in NWA. He's had experience in World Class, Global Wrestling Federation, and of course, the WWE. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I bring on the show tonight Wild Bill Irwin. How are you tonight, sir? All right. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's great to have you I'm, on the show tonight.
2: Well, thank you for uh, having me. You know, I'm sitting up here in northern Minnesota. I finally got some sunny days and some heat and the grass is growing. You got to mow and you got to be doing your outdoor stuff. So yeah, yeah I'm doing good.
0: Yeah, absolutely awesome. So what 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 does Bill Irvin do nowadays? I know that you've been away from the wrestling uh, business for quite some time now. And uh, what, what do you do?
2: Well, I actually, what I do now is I drive uh, charter buses. Oh, nice! Uh, you know, big charter buses for athletic teams, for you know, high school sports, college sports, pro sports, all that kind of stuff. And basically, you know, if uh, some little old ladies just want to go to the casino and they rent a the, uh, rent a charter bus, they might get wild bill.
0: <laughs> nice that seems like a pretty uh pretty cool job uh especially well
2: you know it's it's so much it's so much just like it like being on the road i've been on the road from since 1977 you know mm-hmm. and always every day you're running somewhere going someplace but now i don't got to get beat up and take bumps i there just go. got to drive them there and, <laughs> right. and turn around and come back <laughs> right
0: so you're you're so. very very familiar over forty years of being on the road. So I'm sure you know mm-hmm. town to town like the back of your hand. And now you do it without, like you said, without taking bumps. So you don't have to worry. About yeah,
2: without getting, I don't got to get beat up anymore. Right, <laughs> exactly. I got to get beat up. Right.
0: So, so let's talk about yeah. your time uh, in in wrestling. I know that uh, you know, just from a historical standpoint, just from a, a, a career perspective standpoint, a lot of people know who Bill Irwin is. Um, my, my interest is just from your particular perspective, your particular opinion, what part of your wrestling career, of course, uh, you know, the, the NWA territories, world class in the eighties, uh, global in the nineties, uh, you know, WWE in the mid nineties, what is your favorite part of your pro pro wrestling career and why?
2: Oh God. I don't know. I really enjoy, you know, uh, there's probably two or three different times, but I really enjoyed when I first went into Atlanta, uh, when I first broke in it would have been, geez, I think it's the beginning of 78. Mm-hmm. Tommy Rich was there, you know, uh, uh, Sergeant Jacques was just, uh, coming out of Atlanta. You know, Oli was getting into the book where they still worked down at the old roller skating rink. Uh, that was where the office was, uh, you know, that there for that about about nine months, I ran with Tommy Rich and Tony Atlas and all these, uh, people, uh, and we were all young. We all had a really good time. It was, uh, A very good time, I mean, and you learned a lot because I only worked, uh, you know, you worked about 10 times a week, you know, you worked twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday Mm -hmm. on the weekends, Uh, you know, sometimes three times on Saturday because you might do the morning TV, you go to Columbus at midday, and then you do a night show, so you do about three times a day,
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, you know. So you were learning and running the roads with, uh, you know, Tommy and I, I'm actually – a little older than Tommy, but, uh, you know, we were good friends, uh, back then still are. And, uh, we had a lot of running. The, the free birds were there. Mm-hmm. God, you know, yeah. I can't even think there was the Kelly twins. I don't even know if you know who the Kelly twins were. <laughs> uh, there was, there was just a lot of people there and it was, it was a really good time, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for me at that time. And then I don't know, I guess if I was to, try to qualify where's the next best time ah uh, you know god, there was a lot of good times <laughs> places that i remember kansas city's where i met brody uh so you know then i went to japan with brody and, the, and all those times and those were fun and uh god i was up in calgary with uh davey boy smith and dynamite kid when they were before they who everybody knows who as the british bulldogs they were up there and of course. All the hearts were there and, uh, you know, uh, that was, that was crazy. But then I went down into Texas and like I said, Texas, I, that's one of the places, uh, you know, usually in those days you didn't stay anywhere that long. You know, you were on the road. I mean, all the time. And you, I've moved as many as eight times in a year wow. because you're just jumping, you know, jumping, yeah. jumping, you're moving the back of your car. You ain't got furniture. You just got clothes. Yeah. But once I went into it too, down into uh, to Kansas, Kansas City, into Texas with Gary Hart and all of that and the Von Erickson, it was starting to get hot down there. And then the Freebirds came in and that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I spent like three years there.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And so, you know, I was about the same age as uh, David. Carrie's a little bit younger, Kevin's a little bit older, you know. Mm-hmm. Mike was younger, and so was Chris. Chris, yeah. So it was like, you know, all those guys were all about the same age. We all got along. We had fun, and you know, Gary was good at what uh, the booking of it all had Kabuki and brought in the other guys, uh, you know, from Japan. So it was uh, that was another learning uh, territory for three years where they started. They, you know, they liked. You know, it's it's all, it's very political. Every, any sport is political. Mm-hmm. If they don't like you, you're not going to play. Mm-hmm. Period. Now, I don't care what sport you want to talk about. It's political. If They don't like you. Or if you piss people off in the locker room or they just, you know, you're not going to play. Why? Because you piss people off in the locker room. They don't like you. You're not playing. Get out of here. Go find another team.
0: Now, did you and experience I'm sure, that at all? Because I know
2: you were in Continental, you were in, in, in
0: you know Georgia Championship Wrestling, World Class. Were you? This is you know seventy late seventies, early eighties. Were there was there a particular uh, promotion that you work with that you felt like you were un, you know that you weren't utilized to your potential?
2: Oh Lord, not. Geez, I guess really I bought the only one I really get around to, uh, you know, is uh, the WWE I really never got into. I was there for about five, seven months with the goon. Mm -hmm. The goon character was kind of, I think a lot of people liked it because a lot of people still remember it and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think they quite knew where to go with it, what to do. And, uh, you know, and so I think it just kind of, you know, it kind of fizzled. But do I think they disliked me? No. If I they disliked me, well, they, they'd have never brought me in. No.
0: Mm-hmm. So, now you mentioned I really can't say there was
2: anywhere where I felt they brought me in and then you know didn't use me or decided. No, I never. No. No. But,
0: uh-uh. Now you mentioned uh, working with Brody in Kansas uh, City. Well. Uh, Working with Brody, and then the Von Eriks in Texas, and also uh, you know Hart in 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 Calgary for Stampede. Now those are three those are three people who were featured in the uh, the the series of um, the Dark Side of the Ring. Also world class, Gino Hernandez. Now what are your specific you know experiences which with each of them individually? Let's start with Brody.
2: bro (laughs) I don't have anything bad to say about Brody I don't know this dark side of the ring I don't know what they're trying to get to there other than maybe get someone to watch the show for you know putting title on it that might intrigue people but uh dark side of the ring you know as far as Brody goes Brody was Brody (laughs) I've always said Brody was a very nice man and uh Very intelligent, very nice man. He was to me anyway. If he did not like you or you didn't respect, you were going to get it, yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was nothing about him that was, uh, you know, the only time that he was really going to be, what can I say, mean to you or overly obnoxious or anything like that is when it's in the situation of the performance or who he was or what was going on. In everyday life, you know, uh, I never had a problem with him. I never saw him speak really oddly or harshly to somebody, not a fan, anything like that, you know. But when it was time to play the game, once you're into the character and you're doing the stuff, I've seen him scatter gymnasiums. Mm-hmm. We'd be going to the ring. I remember one particular instance. This one pretty much might – Make you realize what you've got when you're looking at Brody. He used to run to the ring, go to the ring, and he'd swing the chains and scatter. When they come out of the dressing rooms, I used to go with him, and we'd do tag teams. And you know, here we go. All right, Brody bursts through the door, and he goes, and he don't walk down the aisle and follow people, right? Mm -hmm. He cleared his own path. We burst through the door. He's swinging the chains going, ah, and the people are scattering, right? Yeah. They all sit on the floor with their feet, their legs crossed, their shoes next to them, right? And we come out, we're bursting through this gymnasium going, and we turn, and we going at the ring, ah, and it's all screaming. I'm out there, I'm cracking the whip, just following him, boom. He's clearing people, people, are kids are scattering. Adults are getting up and running out of the way. And dead in the middle on our, on our way to the ring is a little old Japanese lady, had to be 100. Mm-hmm. And she's looking big-eyed. All the people are just scattered and left her. And they're all like, ah, Brody's storming right at her. He went right around her, never touched her, never <laughs> winked, never even blinked, and went right on to the ring. And I followed right on around him. Didn't touch her, did nothing. Left her completely alone, and she just kind of sat there and looked at him like, oh, my God. And then, you know, whoosh! right by, into the ring we went. But that was him. He would no more. He'd have beat you up if you'd have touched that lady. Yeah, for sure. He'd have beat the dog shit out of me if I'd have bumped into that lady or if I'd have made the mistake of, you know, not realizing go around. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he went right around her, right in the ring, never never phased him, nothing. Yeah. But that's it. He was not, you know, he was not a mean bully guy, I, I, you know. Maybe some people think, oh, you're ruining, but no, no. Mm -hmm. No. He was a very intelligent guy. I liked him. I always did. I met him in Kansas City with uh, Brian St. John. I don't know. You probably don't know who Brian St. John is because he was gone a long time ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he's not gone, but he quit the industry. Uh, You know, and so, yeah, Brody, loved him.
0: Now, had how nothing familiar, good
2: things to say about. Him.
0: How familiar are you are you with the conflict that he had with uh, Jose Gonzalez?
2: You know that thing down in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. right? Yep. All I know, all I all I know is what I've been told, and I've sat and talked with Tony Atlas on it. He's told me the whole nine yards, what he saw, and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I really know nothing firsthand. I wasn't there. I, all I could do is repeat what someone might've told me and I might be getting it wrong. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I know that the only thing I was told really that I know is I don't even know it. I was just told is that, you know, he was kind of getting into the office down there and I don't know. I think maybe there were some things going a different direction that he wanted, and uh, you know, he maybe wanted to get, wanted out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really do not know because, again, I wasn't there. Yeah. You know. Now you
0: you do have firsthand experience working with the Von Erichs when you were in war class. Um, yeah. What, what's your experience working with uh, the Von Erichs?
2: Well, Von Eriks were really great. They were really – it was – I went in there. I went in It with, uh, you know, I think Scott, my older brother, got me in through Gary Hart, and I went down. I started working down there. I went in as Bill Irwin in, in uh, you know, wrestling tights and boots. And uh, I knew, you know, basically David's age and really hadn't met him that much. But when we did meet, you know, he's a tall, red-headed goofball just like me, right? We were about the same, so we we've hit it off. Kerry and Kevin and all the the kids. We we I got along really well with them because I was really basically the same age, mm-hmm. right. So when we ran the roads, we did the same things. And uh, so when I went in there, I'd go to the ring and you know work my wild bill or the style I was working in. Uh, Bronco Lubich. Uh, said you know oh god he's such so crazy in the ring we should come up with a name for him and i don't know somebody came up with well what about wild bill and boom that was it wild bill and when wild bill becomes your name that's when you segwayed off into i started kind of going to the western scene with the whips and the ropes and the bags and the boots and the stuff like that yeah so the, I got all that from Fritz Von Erich and uh, Bronco Lubitsch and working down there. Wow. And you, so, also, yeah, I,
0: you also teamed up with another big man, a world-class, Bundy, right? You had the tag titles together in,
2: in uh, NWA. Yeah, you know, Bundy, well, Bundy, Gary Hart, if I'm remembering right, brought Bundy or saw Bundy up when he first broke in, and he brought him down there. He brought him into Dallas. Yeah, and the first guy Bundy's working with is me. I'm in there. I think I'm the. Uh, I think I was a the. Uh, what, what do you call it? TV. I was a TV uh, champ.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and what they did was they brought Bundy in. And they sat him out in the crowd, and of course Bundy would run his mouth at me, being oh I'm tough guy, you know, and just being the uh, kind of a baby face in the in the audience. Uh, Antagonist to me. And then as it went along, obviously, you know, he says, well, and we finally, you know, get in the ring. I think one time I was leaving the ring and had some uh, uh, blood on me, and I took up my hand and I wiped my forehead and I looked at him and I wiped my hand on his shirt and walked away. And then, we, you know, eventually he got in the ring. We had all kinds of matches, you know. And that's how he was brought into Texas. Yeah, yeah. And then, then after a while, they switched him heel, and then yeah, then it came around, and we worked together. But I worked against him too. So. Yeah.
0: Now, when you were te- when you two were teaming together, uh, you guys faced Kerry and Kevin, you know, a uh, number of times. Now, how was it working with? Uh, Carrie and Kevin. I know that Kevin was just, you know, the the ultimate acrobat, you know, barefoot, bare feet. Bare feet. Uh, and Kevin and Carrie was just, you know, a b- big ball of charisma. Um, now, uh, backstage, you know, how was it working with the Von Eric boys?
2: I, I it, it was easy. I don't know. There wasn't, uh, you know uh that's where the thing was they trusted me they knew I knew what I was doing so we didn't have to worry too much mm-hmm. I knew that you know I knew Kevin I knew Kevin was going to always make sure there's a comeback and they're going to get those Carrie? Kerry was easy to work with him you know go back and forth you could get some heat on him and you know you'd give him the comeback Kevin was one more that you'd get some heat on him, but he was always trying to fight back a little bit. Well, wait a minute, Kevin, just, just, wait a minute, wait a minute. not not yet, not yet. He was always, you know, kind of fighting back. Like uh, I could, you could almost feel him hearing his dad say, no, 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 come on. You can't be down. Uh, whatever, you know, yeah. but no, I had no problem working with any of them. Uh, Carrie, Kevin was, like I said, just a little bit more of a ball of fire. You kind of got and had to stay on top of him more yeah, to keep him down. You know what I mean? You couldn't you couldn't give him a bump and think he's going to lay there for a couple minutes while you go in with the crowd out there, you know, mm-hmm. yelling obscenities or some stupid thing like that because he's not. He's going to be – he's going to lay there for a second and he's going to be coming back up. So you had to stay on him. Mm-hmm. Kerry might, you know – go on with the cell a little bit longer. But either one of them, they were both great in the ring.
0: Now, based on your experience working with the Von Erics, you know, of course, you know, you, you work with the Von Erics firsthand. And, of course, the Von Erich curse is, like I said, one of the most tragic, you know, stories of professional wrestling history with Kevin being the only one, you know, still with us. Yeah. Based on based on your experience of this uh, of just you know communicating with the Von Erics, I mean, why do you think that their paths led that way? I mean, of course you travel with David. Of course you you understand you know exactly. There, there's different theories as far as David of why you know he had his stomach issues. Uh, you know Chris, Carrie, uh, and and um, and Mike you know committing suicide. Based on your experience with the Von Erichs, why do you think just it ended so tragically for them?
2: Well, that's a that's a double-edged sword there. You know, I I think with, well, I think one of the reasons is basically they were you know, they were Fritz's kids. He was a big wig in the area, big money, lived up in nothing, uh, lived up in uh, Lake Dallas. They were famous throughout the town, right? They had the money and the power, and I don't know how much real power, but they were famous, even in high school and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh God, the stories I've heard was, you know, I hate to speak ill of anybody, but uh, Mrs. Von Eric, when she was young, I think I've heard stories that, uh, you know, she would have to slip them one of Mommy's little. Pills just to calm them down, you know. Uh, what were they called? Valiums back in the day, way back. I don't know this. I'm just something I've. That's why I'm saying it's kind of a double edged sword for you to ask me these questions and for me to try and explain what I think because I don't really, you know. But anyway, my point is that in the long run, not that they were spoiled brats because they really weren't, but. Did they really have to work for everything they got? Well, mm, you know, not that hard, Mm. right? Kerry went to the top pretty easy. Kevin, David, David went to the top because he was the best one in the ring and the one that had the brains for the business. Kevin, well, he went there because he was the oldest one. There was one older that died really early. Yeah, And then, uh, you know, Kevin... Kevin's Kevin. He married his wife early and, uh, you know, he was, uh, kind of the, a hippie in the years, you know, before everything got going, but you know, Kevin was fine. And then just what really brought him to a downfall. I can't understand the, the suicidal part of it. I know what happened with Carrie, Carrie, you know, Kerry got into a little bit of the, uh, you know, got himself in trouble a couple of times and then got busted again. He thought he was going to jail and he thought it was over. So he ended it, which was sad because he wouldn't have gone. Even if he did go, he'd have lived through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, then you go to Mike. Well, Mike, <clears throat> Mike was out partying a whole weekend or something, you know, Again, might have been doing things they shouldn't be. But again, I wasn't with him. I don't know. But these are the stories that was told. And then he went in to have his shoulder done, right? Like the next day mm-hmm. after partying hard for a couple of days. And then I go in there and what happens is he comes up with that toxic shock or something. Mm-hmm. And so he almost dies from a shoulder operation, right? Yep. And when he comes back, well, he's not the same. Right. he's not the same guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. He just wasn't. And, uh, he was kind of reserved and quiet. He just wasn't the same kid when he came back after the toxic shock. And after that, I don't know, you know, what, what possessed him to, you know, zip himself up in a, in a, in a, a sleeping bag and take a bunch of quaaludes under a bush in one of the parks. I don't know. I couldn't tell you that, you know, other than maybe he was depressed and, you know, never recovered from the toxic shock. I cannot speak to, you know, why that. I know Chris, you know, I worked with Chris a little bit. He was getting into the business. Chris's problem, he was small. Mm -hmm. He had uh, asthma. He never grew like the other boys. He didn't get big. He always wanted. He would. He would have loved to have been able to get into wrestling, but he wasn't big enough, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you can be small and be in the end, but I mean, he was fairly small. So, you know, he wanted in. It just it wasn't working uh, that well. And uh, again, why would you take a, you know, a nine mil to your head? I don't know. Yeah, it seemed so like there was so uh, much
0: pressure with Chris. Like, it just seems like it was really large shoes
2: to fill.
0: and the Well, he progressed. wanted
2: to fill them. Yeah he, yeah. he wanted, yeah, that's what he wanted. He wanted to fill those shoes, but he physically couldn't.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: And so he was, like, you know, stuck, I guess. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say, you know. Wow.
0: Well, my last question for you Bill is uh you, you mentioned the goon and I definitely want to talk about that uh, real quick just uh, uh who who was the mastermind behind the goon of course like I said you you've well established before you got to WWE you've been wrestling for almost 20 years before you went to the WWE uh where did where did the goon come from who came up with the idea
2: uh well, for this was that was this was all around 95 94 95 Mm -hmm. and uh i'm in texas the texas end of the world is kind of calming down new york is taking off all everybody's running to new york and of course i want to go right
0: and this is right after your time at global right what's that this is right after your time at global right
2: pretty much yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you know and uh and Bruce Pritchard's out there running, you know, or doing a lot of the booking and the talent and that kind of stuff. And Bruce and I were, uh, were friends and speaking. And so I was calling him trying to get in. And, you know, finally one day he says, well, he says, well, what would you do if, if you got here? Well, I mean, what what are you thinking? And really I wasn't thinking nothing. You know, I'm just thinking just try to get in there and, you know, start work and go from somewhere. But I'm just instantly I'm – On the phone with him, I'm going, well, you know, you've had every other sports person come through, baseball players, football players, you know, all this kind of stuff, but you've never had a hockey player.
0: Hmm. I said, and
2: I, you know, I played hockey in college, and that's what I left from college hockey down to Charlotte and started down there with Scott and then started running. And he went, oh, that's interesting. Well, what are you thinking? And, again, (laughs) I'm just going, you know, now that he's asking me, I'm coming up with stuff. And this was the time when, you know, there's all kinds of character gimmicks and different stuff. And I says, well, you know, I says, we could take the hockey player and he could be, you know, kicked out of all the leagues for beating up the superstars and all that kind of stuff. Because during that time, that was when Gretzky was still really big. And, you know, uh, some of those but nobody touched Gretzky, but they beat up Bobby Orr and, you know, things like that. You see it anyway. So I told him, I says, you know, I've been thrown out of all the leagues and I can come in. i tell you what, I could wrestle in just like hockey gear. Cause if I can go out and skate for an hour and run into the boards, fall down, get up, go here, go there. I can wrestle 20 minutes in that gear. Yeah. And so he goes, Oh, so, you know, and then, of that, that course, and then I think that he, he kind of took that idea and went and talked to Vince and Vince came up with the name, the goon, <laughs> right? And I, they came back and said, yeah, Vince liked it. He wants to call you the goon. And I said, well, okay. He goes, well, no, what are you going to, you going to rest on that? What are you going to, what are you going to use for boots? I says, well, we'll get some skates. We'll take off the toques the and the blades. Right, and we'll put that crepe sole on. We'll taper it down so it looks like it comes down to a skate. Yeah, and I'll go in those. Oh, so out I went one day, and they went and we bought. They bought all the stuff, and we went and bought skates. They and then they sent the skates to the shoemaker and had it made. And uh, I still have them. Wow, you know, (laughs) and so yeah. So then it was just into the ring, and I think you know. I had the elbow pads, pants, uh, knee pads, everything. Mm-hmm. Took the stick, you know, the whole nine yards, and go in there. And I think, I think a lot of people liked it. Again, a lot of people didn't know. Oh, what are we gonna do this? What, 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 you know. And yeah. so I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, so.
0: It it just seems like, to to as a fan, I remember as a fan at that time. It just seems like the. I remember you before you went to WWE and it just seemed like the gimmick was kind of DOA because I remember like, I think you lost to like Mark Marrow and raw and then you were feuding with Wyndham for a little bit. And uh, I think flash funk and I think the undertaker uh, uh, beat you. And it just didn't seem like yeah. right there was, uh, I mean, I think Jake even like Jake uh, um, during his time, I think it was like 97 when, when Jake beat you and it just seemed like their WWE didn't have uh it, it just seemed like they didn't have a game plan for
2: it well that's and, a, that's exactly what i'm saying yeah. they brought in this character they also brought in uh oh Par, uh, parto down in out of alex parto as well uh, oh, yeah, the the or whatever yeah yep. they brought in they brought in uh dirty white boy as the plumber
0: yeah, Tony Right? Yeah.
2: They brought in what's his name? Uh oh, Davis or something, but they brought him in as an Italian mafia guy, right? Mm-hmm. They were all character gimmicks. Yep. That I think they thought they were thinking it's let's try character gimmicks again, and when they did, they didn't know how they didn't know how to book it or run it. Yeah. You know? The ideas of what to do with the guys, uh they didn't have somebody with the the ability to to go there and think of wow what can we do you know you know I tried to tell them stuff when you know like right now you know this time of year the Stanley Cup is coming on and you know it started right well when I was there with the goon the Stanley Cup was starting I said oh, jeez. Go f- play off the Stanley Cup and, you know, I'm going crazy or whatever. Yeah, uh, you know, they, So, I just think, you know, they brought him in and then, uh, I don't think and none of the guys of the five, whatever there was that they brought in at that time got over. Mm. None of them. Yeah, so. that's
0: un- unfortunate. And I think you're right as far as, it just seemed like there was just an oversaturation of kind of, like, extreme characters, and it just didn't seem like they really had a, a direction for yeah. really any of them, yeah. No, no. Yeah. So, so you came back in 2001 yeah, you know. for the Gimmick Battle Royal. Uh, yeah. Who came up with, uh, did, did Pritchard give you a call about that, too?
2: Yeah, they just called me back for that, you know. Mm-hmm. When they're going to have the gimmick battle royal, well, you got to have the goon. I mean, what bigger gimmick is there, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you got. To, you know, and, you know, the kids all like the goon, the character, that kind of stuff. I think it probably could have maybe, if you'd have switched them baby face, but, you know, ifs and buts were gin and nuts. What can you say? You know, you had yeah. the opportunity, you were there, you had some fun with it. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm not complaining. How
0: was it uh, coming back? Uh, what you know, th- what three years later for for that? And a lot of people, uh, myself included, would say that WrestleMania 17 is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And you know, you had a chance to be a part of that. I mean, of course, the Battle yeah. Royal was, um, you know, it was it was uh, comedy. You know, it, it it was the comedy portion of the the night. But yeah, a comedy.
2: Yeah, little well, comic <laughs> relief between the. Beginning and the end of the show, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But you still had a chance to be a part of it, so you know that's definitely uh-huh. something you can put on your resume for sure. So, yeah. Bill, so. it's been a pleasure, man. I I appreciate you well, uh, talking on the phone with me, and uh, I yeah,
2: really really no appreciate
0: problem. your time. It's a, you know I know that uh, you you you're living life outside of WWE, and and you don't you know you don't do many interviews, and so I, I feel privileged myself that. I had an yeah. opportunity to, to to interview you.
2: Well, thank you. Uh you know, I guess uh if people are asking, I usually answer i answer their questions. You know. Yeah. Can they find yeah, you anywhere on social
0: media or anything?
2: What's that? Can they find you can
0: can they find you anywhere on social media or anything?
2: Oh, I have a Facebook page, it's just under Wild Bill Irwin. Okay. You know. But right. I do I I'm, am I a big poster? Not at all. You know, if you wanted to get in touch with me, you could come. You could go that way, All right. uh, so, you know, uh, so I'm just I'm up here in northern Minnesota. I'm getting too old to stay up here. I'm looking to head back south. So maybe if someone somebody in the south is booking and they want an old timer to come along and uh, crack a whip and scare people or sign autographs, <laughs> I'm available because I need to get out of this cold weather for Christ's sake. Up here well, in northern Minnesota.
0: Well, I'm in Ohio, so it's it's you know it yeah hot wow. and cold here too. So we we yeah we enjoy our seasons for real too. So I I, I, yeah. I agree yeah. So yeah, I'm, I love Ohio though. I don't see myself ever ever leaving Ohio because I appreciate the I appreciate the change in seasons. Like I know people yeah Florida, I've been to Florida before and I, I just I can't ever see myself moving to Florida. It just I like sixty degree well, weather. No,
2: it's just too no. Hot yeah florida's florida's got a couple of problems the heat's just one of them but right i'd love to go back south i'd love to get back to texas back to uh you know even colorado something like that okay just got it
0: yeah well uh, i have a pretty large uh listener base and so if anybody's promoting uh that in any of book those me kid things, book yeah. me get me book, book. yeah book them <laughs> Message him All on right, Facebook. Man. Uh message him on Facebook Wild Bill Irvin and hopefully uh much success yep. to you, man. Uh good uh, best wishes driving those uh driving those people the around and, and sharing some stories.
2: That's it. That's it. If you see a big bus cr- if you see a big bus creeping up your ass, get out of the way.
0: <laughs> <There> <laughs> that might is. be me. Uh oh
2: beware.
0: <laughs> Have a good night. All Thanks right, so long, man. man. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Wild Bill Urban, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, Mo, this is funny because uh, he once he 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 slipped a couple times. <laughs> um all right, so uh, let's re- jump right into it ladies and gentlemen. I hope you uh, all enjoyed the interview with Wild Bill Urban A Blast from the past. Got some trivia questions for you first one is what stable did Savio Vega lead in WWE? What stable did Savio Vega lead in WWE? Before we get to the headlines, I want to uh, give a shout-out to uh, to the sponsor for uh, tonight is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Uh, The the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, they feature shows covering NXT, uh, WWE, WWE, uh, WCW, and soon AEW. They currently have uh, shows reviewing WCW Nitro every WrestleMania, as well as weekly shows covering NXT and the WWE product. They have uh, many special episodes reviewing special events, such as the May Young Classic, uh, the WWE Sun Night Heat, and other pay-per-views. All of their other episodes are available on rundownwrestling.com. That's rundownwrestling.com, R-U-N-D-O-W-N, wrestling.com, as well as iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. They're currently running a hottest male talent tournament, and we'll also have the hottest independent female tournament in August. Once again, that's Rundown Wrestling Podcast, and the rundownwrestling.com is where to go for more information. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into the uh, headlines without further ado. Um, what's going on, everybody? See that the PNP chat is lit. we um, got some newbies. Welcome uh, to the, the, the PNP Nation. Thank you for uh, your contribution. I'm excited about uh, your contribution. As you know, this is a PG chat, PG show. Um and we're going to have a lot of fun as we do always. We got some uh Seth Rollins and, <laughs> and Will Ospreay to talk about. <laughs> Interesting. Um let's uh, I think there's an Ask chris question. Am I going to see uh Fighter Fest? Um probably. I probably will. Uh, let's see uh, what else we have here with The Ask Chris questions What's going on everybody Alright uh, Los Briquas Is the correct answer Good job uh, Yes Yes PG Podcast What's going on Ryan What's up Lexi Mo uh, And everybody In between GSP is in the house uh, Evan's in the house Kyle's in the house Eli's in the house Jose, Tammy, Lee Kimbo Jacob, Cody What's up everybody It's uh, good to have you on The PNP Nation Tonight, tonight As uh, the Book of Man Book of T would say Alright without further ado ladies and gentlemen The co-host with the most Evan Tech Prout is in the house Hey, yo. Hey, yo. It's survey time. It is.
1: <laughs> My man Bill slipped up.
0: Just yeah, right. The
1: power slam <laughs> yeah. podcast went from G to PG-13.
0: Yeah. My man Bill. That Dill. he did. That he did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that a good that
0: deal, he man. Did. What's
1: going on? Yeah. yeah so yeah, good. Cool, cool peoples. Just watch the old. I had to stay awake, you know. Um, Monday Night Raw kind of still a little slumber from that. Yes. So you slant know, down. not help. My allergies kicking my butt. So to watch me some old Ric Flair promos. Some old on. Ric Flair promos? Nice. <laughs> yes. Now, <Nine laughs> nice, not for my eye. Nice. So I'm an right. old promo with Flair, Flair Card Hogan. <laughs> the lips. With the, with the lips. You can't say lips. Shut the
0: lips. It's <laughs> <And they laughs> <call him laughs> like
1: that. <laughs> nice Don't What chat.
0: tear in my eye Tear in my eye please? Did eye. Flair <laughs> yeah. All these
1: young name on team Hogan, Vader <laughs> Red Heart Stane, Wyndham <laughs> Roma We ain't never young women's name I'm sorry no. out of Dish off
0: Right. You can't find. I'm, I'm already tired. Nikita to off Barry Wade, <laughs> Magnum T. Need your boy
1: Buddy Rogers, Fritz Von Erich, all of them, even you, Landell. Buddy
0: Landell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old,
1: yeller. You don't call me old, yeller. <laughs>
0: Buddy Landell, like and gentlemen. What did y'all think of Buddy the Nature Boy of no, La- uh, Buddy Landell? Yeah.
1: Lance Russell?
0: Right. <laughs>
1: Lance Russell, Russell. Everybody in, in every every era of time. So he can just go in. <laughs> like Kevin Bacon is six, six degrees of uh, bacon.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, uh, six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon. Yep. Six
1: degrees of Kevin Bacon. Flare <laughs> yep. is six degrees of flair. Anybody. Yep.
0: Six degrees of Kevin is. Bacon Absolutely
1: Losers!
0: Right <laughs> Oh man Alright ladies and gentlemen Let's uh, jump right into the headlines Without further ado You know what coming is Here we go And as soon as uh, The headline music uh, ended We got the axe, Chris question From Lexi uh, Of course Asking Lexi the sucks. best questions uh, With the rumors of mid-card talent Such as Rusev turning down WWE contracts which is actually one of the uh, Headlines That It seems like I think I've said this before It seems like Lexi always asks a question Like her first question She's Maybe second it's always addressing a headline. That's how good of a question asker Alexi is. Um, Lexi is.
1: Lexi Express, the best.
0: With the, with the rumors question. of mid-card talent such as Ru- Rusev turning down WWE contracts, do you really see AEW capitalizing on the unrest or wrestlers find themselves losing, quote, losing opportunities? Excellent question as always. Now here's the here's the deal with that, and, and actually we'll um we'll just jump right into to Rusev. We were going to talk about uh, start with Rollins and Osprey We'll we'll jump right into Rusev. So Rusev's contract is expiring in the, uh, expiring in the fall, um, according to Meltzer. He acts for a leave of absence, and uh, he's unhappy with the company, and WWE could possibly be freezing um, his uh, his contract because of that um you know as we saw with uh, Luke Harper they're freezing his contract until 2020 unfortunately um so they froze Neville's contract too so WWE uh very petty <laughs> um sadly a uh, very petty move to freeze people's contracts because they're unhappy how about if you have a uh, list of people who are unhappy uh, why don't you uh, pay attention to a overwhelming majority of both fans and many wrestlers talk about how how, how unhappy they are with the company and maybe make some changes, perhaps, perhaps. Um, sure. Here's here's the thing. Um, AEW should avoid this like the plague. They should avoid uh, trying to acquire every ex-WWE person. Yes, they still do get paid, Mo. Um, their contracts are frozen, but they do still get paid. But uh, as we saw with Rhino, Rhino, he didn't even want to renew his contract because he was unhappy. Like, he wasn't being used. So he said he'd rather get a huge cut and go out and wrestle in the indies and help indie stars than to stay with the WWE and not get booked. Um, Cody said, I really don't mind them freezing contracts. If I sign my name on something agreeing to those terms, I expect to f- fulfill those terms, but here's... I, I I can definitely see your point there, Cody, but here's the thing, and I, and I say this all the time, and even Chris Jericho made reference of this. Listen, stop calling them independent contractors. Like, if, if you have... If you have a contract, so here's here's the deal. If someone hires me as a, because um, I'm a, I'm a certified life coach. So if someone hires me as a life coach for uh, you know six sessions, if they go and just uh, start acting crazy and uh you know doing uh some some possible uh harmful stuff saying some uh, intent to harm is what it's called you know listen i can i have every right to uh terminate just like they do if i'm not going to continue sessions if they, if they do something that's harmful or say something that's harmful or do something that is de- is is worthy to terminate a contract. And so um, even if I'm, you know, especially if I'm called an independent contractor. Now, I agree, Cody, that people um, I, I do agree that people do have a term for a contract. Absolutely. But I've said this before. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you hire me to um, as an independent contractor, if you hire me as a, as a construction worker to spend uh, uh, 18 months on this project and I sign it and we're good to go. Absolutely. I, it is, it is my job to fulfill the duties of that contract, which is to, um, to work on your, you know, to work on your, uh, um, to work on your project, uh, to, to work on uh, your house for 18 months. Now here's the deal. Here's here's the, the perk as an independent contractor. Yes, I am doing work for WWE, their house, but I also have Ring of Honor's house over here, too, that me as an independent contractor can go and and sign another contract somewhere. And that's and that's that's the, the perk of an independent contractor. I'm not exclusive. Twenty one, um, and if I'm in a, I'm working independently, <laughs> so uh, that's the thing about WWE. They're 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 doing the independent contractors. A, a lot of us know why because they don't don't want to you know have benefits and insurance and all that good stuff. They're naming you know their, their employees <clears throat> quote unquote employees are called independent contractors. But I, I said this if if you're independent, be uh, allow them to be independent because with the, under the WWE you can't tweet certain things, you can't say certain things, you can't do certain things, you can't act a certain way, you can't be on this interview. You have to uh, clear uh, everything to WWE before you get here, go here, say this, do that. It's that's not <laughs> that's not <laughs> acting working independently. Now, if I okay, so if I if I do get hired to say, you know, to work on this house. Now, this person is going to say, "Okay, I want you." If I'm an interior designer, and someone says, "Okay, I want this room black," now if I paint it red, that's a that's a breach on my end because I agreed to say uh, I'm going to paint this black. But at the same time, uh, I'm not agreeing to not go to somebody else's house <laughs> to paint their wall black, uh, to paint their wall red if they want their wall red. That's the independent contractor. So, you know, don't call yourself an independent contractor if you're saying, okay, if you sign the dotted line, you can't say this, you can't do this. Everything has to be cleared through, through us. And I'll talk to several current WWE stars on the phone and that I still have good relationships with. Uh, One of them's actually a champion right now uh, in WWE, and um, talked on the phone, had a conversation, and they're like, man, everything needs to be clear with WWE as far as, you know, having an actual interview now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I I get, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to... uh, compromise their job because, you know, they're making a living yeah. and, and I'm all for that. But everything has to be cleared to the WWE. So, yeah, JCP you have to start reading the fine point. Uh, yeah, you're an independent contractor, but you're not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are not independent, ladies and gentlemen. Um, more ask Chris questions. Uh, the leader says, uh, "What do you think about this? I think uh, Seth Rollins and Becky should go heel uh, and start them a stable. No. They could co lead it. It should no. be called Seth and the Lynch Mob." No, <laughs> no. No. It, no. See, the they, thing is, it's not necessarily about face or heel turns. It's about booking the baby face and the heel correctly. See, so that's I mean, that's the thing. It's not because people. We we've gotten so conditioned to believe that oh that person should just turn face oh that person should just turn heel. Let's think let's think about this for a second. Hulk Hogan was the biggest baby face for ten years before he turned heel, and he was heel from what ninety six to what August of uh, ninety nine is when uh, yeah. did the Hulk Hogan he's back. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, I think that was. This is I mean, think that was all ninety nine. <laughs> uh, turns baby face. I think it was an episode of Nitro nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, Nitro ninety nine. Um, uh, I think th- I think it was ninety nine.
1: It was yeah, I think it am
0: almost, almost positive it was ninety nine. It was ninety nine. But um, yeah, because they did a finger polka poke doom in ninety nine. Yeah, it was 99, yep, 99, August of 99 um, uh, episode of Monday Night Show, yep. <laughs> so he was uh, babyface for, I mean, he was he was heel for, I mean, he was babyface for, what, 10 years of his career, 10 solid, 11 years, he was the biggest babyface for 11 years, and then what? he turned heel, made a big, he, he made a big uh, effect and an impact as a heel because he was babyface for 11 years. He was the biggest name in pro wrestling as a babyface for 11 <laughs> years. Now, just imagine if he would have flip flop from babyface to heel within those 11 years. The that 96 turn wouldn't be as it wouldn't it would be a fraction of what it uh, has been over. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest yeah. heel turn ever. Not because Hogan was flip-flopping from heel to face, but he was the top baby face for 11 years. He You're was the biggest for 11 years. And so, those are the things. That, I mean, look at Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat was never a heel. Mysterio. Never a heel. You know, Mysterio was uh, a heel for a hiccup when he was with the uh, Filthy Animals. But he's been, you know, a you career baby it. face. You know, what I mean, so, you know, it it, it was still, it, it, you have to understand what your bread and butter is with, with, with the guy, what's your, what your guys like? Like when Bret Hart turned heel in 97, he was such a huge baby face for so long. You know, when he broke away from the Hart Foundation, he was heel for a long time, for a number of years. Claudine scratch his way up, Intercontinental Championship, ninety ninety one uh uh time, ninety two won the world championship, was a solid baby face for a long time. And then, you know, uh ninety-six was, you know, him and Michaels. Yeah. And for a good solid six, seven years, but you know, uh um Bret Hart was a solid baby face. And, you know, he turned heel because he uh he turned heel because he was a uh, very pro Canadian, and he felt like he wasn't getting respect in the states after being a babyface for that long. Now that's how you build characters. You don't just flip flop everybody from face to heel because they're boy, you know, because they're uh, getting boring. And so, and that's the reason. And to be honest with you, this is one thing I will say about the WWE. This is uh, one of the reasons why I'm really liking what they're doing with Kofi Kingston. I will I will give WWE that um, they're having him be like the the, the champions champion, winning matches, defying odds. He's being a pure babyface, and I and I appreciate that. Um, but you know, uh, I think with with Rusev, at this point, it's like A.W., uh, I don't know if Rusev will be a good fit for AEW, perhaps New Japan, but for some reason I just don't see Rusev as a good fit for AEW because um, he's more he's more gimmicky, he's more character. I mean, he's 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 solid in the ring for sure, but I don't know. Just uh, to me, Rusev AEW just don't fit. And what like I said, what AEW don't want to do is they don't just want to be like the new TNA or the new WCW and just what? and just gather all of the ex WWE guys and say, Okay, we'll give you checks, and then they're in the same position as WWE, like, Okay, you're upset because I don't know how to book you, we don't have time in this program to book you, and now everybody's upset again but in a different place. So you have to be you have to be careful yeah. with that stuff.
1: Hey, Rusev is excuse me just to clarify. Resev didn't ask for time off. Their E. sent them home. Uh his contract does end up does end end does end in about the early part of the year. Him and Lana's contract is about six to eight months apart uh from each other.
0: Yeah, well there's so, conflicting reports because Meltzer uh, Melcher said that the, he did request some time off. So, yeah, I got,
1: yeah, I, I got this one. Reports. Yeah. Yeah. I got this um, one with somebody getting in. E. So, Rizzo no. didn't really ask for time off. Uh, did WWE just sent them home? He's not ha- happy. He did not uh, sign the five-year contract. So, he didn't sign it. Yeah. So, we're going to see what happens in the early game. And plus, yep. the AEW, they're looking for newer people. They're looking for youth. They're on the youth movement is right. good, there is right. no point in bringing him to AW. He would do well in RH, he would do well in New Japan, even at Impact. But, I mean, like yeah. you say, the, whole, the whole...
0: Impact, the whole I can see Hill, Impact, see Rusev yeah, impact,
1: yeah. Impact, in Japan. And like you said, the whole um, Rodgers and Becky thing, they don't need to be healed. Uh, no, it's hard to be no. healed when you have everyone, whatever his catchphrase means, burn what down, I don't know. But... Uh, Brand, Suplex like City, man. I keep telling brand. you this,
0: man. You you you're getting too young and to forget that you burn Suplex City to the ground. That's where "burn it down" came from. But no one
1: knows that. <laughs> yeah, they do. We like know that, it.
0: When, no, what what he said, the "burn it down" came from when he kept saying, "I'm gonna." When he was feuding with Lesnar, he said, "I'm gonna burn. I'm gonna burn Suplex City to the ground." Like he kept he kept saying that. That's where uh, where Burn It Down came from. Yeah. Um, Okay. Lexi's asking... uh, Go ahead. Yeah, that's
1: the definition. If you got the crowd chanting it, you can't turn him heel. You know what I mean? You got (laughs) Becky, you know, they got this new power team, like we talked about this off the air, Chris, about the Elizabeth Savage thing. You can't turn Mm -hmm. him heel. And and, and WWE's team (sighs) and Becky up with Seth, because they noticed Becky... He's only made a in a and and the number that be, he's been on TV, the Ravens have been pretty up. He's really mm. there to help out Seth, but Seth's there to help her out.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: No, no one needs to see a heel Seth again. You, you, you I agree.
0: Yeah, and the plus, and again, is, you know, if, and I say this all the time, if, if the point of you turning someone heels for them to be liked, you're missing the point. <laughs> you don't turn someone heal. To be liked that's the reason why a lot of people are saying Turn Roman heel I agree If you if the point of turning Roman heel is to make him even More hated but certain people are like Well we don't like Roman because he's Been shoved down our throats but if you Turn him heel though Then we are talking no that's That's just that's Counterproductive you're missing the well, point well, You don't turn Roman someone heel for them To be liked that right. doesn't make them a heel. um Lex is asking, "Do you feel that the wrestlers are starting to believe their own quote hype, meaning these and other scenarios have been influenced by these inflated contract offers and quote promises of stardom?" Great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there, I think that there is some justification in that um, believing in their own hype. Now, some people can, some people are more than. Believe their hype more than they should, that's for sure. But yeah, for it. so long, you had the WWE a lot of times, and right, you know, I think Ryback said this one of his shows as far as like Triple H was told him that the WWE is purposely, um, like holding down stars so they don't transcend the business anymore. Um, you know, outside of outside of Cena. Uh, he was like seen as the last person to to transcend the business, and they want to keep people in the WWE. That's what you know was said by him, and I can I, we see that. I mean, that's uh, people the star power and, and stars aren't being built anymore, and that's why you having to bring Taker in, and we'll talk about that. Which I actually am I'm fine with for this, and I, and I'm going to give you a scenario of why I think that was a really good move, but. Any other time, I keep saying, I, again, I'm, I'm lowering my standards because I, I'm still very clear that Taker should have retired at WrestleMania 28. I'm still I still am very clear about that. Now, since he's been here, he hasn't done much other than put Roman over, but at the same time, at the end of the day, um, he came back. So, you know, Evan and I was there in Orlando. We said, okay, well, this is the best WrestleMania ever. This beat 17 if Undertaker doesn't come back. If it if he does come back, it's no longer. He came back and he just ruined <laughs> the potentially... I mean, 30, 33 was such a solid show. It was a, I mean, people, y'all should watch it. Y'all should watch 33 again. You had the Hardys coming back. You had yeah, a ladder match. Right. You had uh, Jericho yeah. Owens, which was a solid match, but McMahon didn't like it. I can understand because there were some expectations that weren't necessarily met. Um, you had uh, Goldberg and Lesnar, which was very hard hitting. It was really good. Shane and uh, and AJ, which was much better than people expected. There, it was a really solid show. Um, what else did you have? Uh, you know, of course, Reigns and Taker. Uh, speaking of Ambrose, he was booked into a really uh, bad spot. I think it was him and Corbin for the Intercontinental yeah, title on in the Free Show. Uh, so yeah. that was <laughs> that wasn't very good. But yeah, I mean it was I mean uh, the uh, uh, Naomi winning uh, the SmackDown title, that was a big moment for her. Uh I think Bailey uh, uh retaining the Raw title, I believe that w- it was a really solid show. Um but I mean at the same time you, you don't get much of those anymore, you know, and, and we're going to be talking about stomping grounds here uh, real quick. But yeah, I mean, it's it's p- people should people there's some people it can it can cause them to get to a point where they're overselling themselves. But at the same time, for so long WWE has really deflated a lot of people's confidence. And make does and, you know and, and make them in a spot where you don't realize how good you are, you know. And and, and unfortunately, I think EC3 is in that spot. Now, I've never been you know maybe in an unpopular opinion, opinion alert. I've never been an EC3 guy, um, but I I do realize that he was a star in in Impact Wrestling, um, and I think that he was brought up too too early. I think he could have been a huge star in NXT. But I don't understand why they called him up. I think that was a bad move. Um, Yeah, Kimbo said uh, 33 was one of the best manias in the past decade. Absolutely agree with that. Um, All right, so I think that's uh, Ryan's asking. uh, Eli's asking before Ryan. I think uh, a couple. It's for you, the fans. Which wrestler Diva needs a new theme song? (laughs) Um. I can't think of anybody right now. I think, uh... Maybe Alexa Bliss. So, yeah, new theme song.
1: Randy Orton. The, Orton? No, which Come a female wrestler. Pop oh, a female wrestler? Yeah. Well, Alexa Bliss isn't
0: there, Uh, yeah. But it's, uh... I mean, it, i love everybody, Bailey. I think if I had to choose someone, it would probably be a lucky. Well, I, 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 well, maybe, maybe Bailey. If she's getting like a dark, amazing, more of a dark side now, I think maybe.
1: The, Bailey. Yeah, Them then Bailey buddies when we call them things are creepy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> now, I still like Ray Bailey, him. but yeah.
1: She needs um, to become
0: evil. Would you like to see Hillman's and Elias as a tag team like Jeff? Jared and Owen Hart or Mr. Perfect and Flair. No, not at all. <laughs> not not at all.
1: face. Ned's <clears throat> got his TV show. He got to be baby. They're going to keep Ned's face for a while.
0: Yeah, unfortunately because I don't think it's leading him anywhere. Yeah, I, don't, I uh, like him
1: better than him. But... Yeah.
0: Tammy says, I think Kofi's one of the few they are booking well right now. I agree with that. Um... Eli's asking, which wrestler yeah. would you like to see in two oh five live or NXT UK who aren't being used on the main roster? Um I think Hello, Eric please. Young. I think you put Eric Hello, Young please. on uh I think you should reform sanity in NXT UK. I think uh, I think yeah. Nikki Cross should eventually go there too. They're kind of doing something with her, but eventually you go with her husband. Um I think that would be good. She's a yeah, she looks really good. She needs to be for group. This does work yeah. being a singles. Yeah, singles now. Um, <clears throat> Ryan's asking, what do you think of a wrestler working for two or more wrestling organizations at the same time? How does that situation work as far as booking goes in terms of being contracted? Well, Cody Rhodes did that. Uh, he worked for Impact and ROH at the same time. Like, he was the definition well, of an is. independent contractor. So the hardest. Yeah, the um, they were with uh, you know they were with Impact and ROH too. So, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, and, and we're seeing it now. We're seeing people working for Impact and um, uh, like Booker T. Uh, Booker T's actually uh, collabing with Impact with uh, his uh, with his company. I mean, he's a WWE Hall he of Famer. Was just was just WWE was just on stopping grounds you know the pre show and he's collabing with Impact wrestling look, um look at you TV have uh, I mean that, and that's that's how it's supposed to be I mean you're yeah. you're an independent contractor being an independent contractor I mean like you uh you know you have uh, uh New Japan working with Ring of Honor working with NWA you know what I mean so it's that's independent like someone who can work in NWA work in ROH work in New Japan um, that's how you know. That's how you make your money. Um, all right, let me uh, a few more for the sake of time. Um, uh, Kimbo's asking, uh, "What happened to no rematches for championships?" Yeah, that was during the whole um, when they fired all the GMs and had the McMahon's take over which we haven't seen Stephanie McMahon, <laughs> so
1: Thank God. Um, you don't need to see her
0: or even Vince, but uh, when they had them take over, they, they ditched the uh, no rematches, too. It, it,
1: um, it, it, like I said earlier, it, it, it that, that makes no sense. It is not about, said this earlier in my show, and with the inside, it's not about storylines. It's filler. All of this is filler to October. I mean, you got people that's downloading, getting downloaded to title matches, it's like Joe just download now. He's in the title match. How did he become number one contender again? Ziggler just downloading. Let me use Ziggler. So let me just down, down download you the title picture because Kevin Owens will go to Saudi Arabia. Yep. Corbin is just so much DLC. Take her download. You need to take a tea because Extreme Rules in Philly. you can't afford to get rains to be booed because you know Philly yep. does not like rains. Take it can take that heat off. There's just so much stuff that's happening. It's like what is going on? Who's booking these matches? Who's making sense? Is this oh and, and AJ Styles can just tell you I'll see you tomorrow and that constitutes to making a match for the next night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so much right. <laughs> it's like what is going what is going on?
0: Yep. <clears throat> um all right, so let's see. Lex is asking both Jericho <clears throat> um and Moxie spoke of the monies they we're being offered with AEW, um yet none of the reporting media outlets have focused it uh do you believe that this is the real reason for the move um no <laughs> i believe that the real i mean well well ambrose he he made it very clear that it wasn't a a, a money thing because he was you know he has been offered way more than um i mean he's he's still getting paid well um but he was you know be way 30. more in in w w e way more um and he's still making a, 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 a comfortable living for sure but
1: um, he he's getting four million for five years yeah so,
0: <clears throat> yeah so that's uh about eight hundred thousand a year um so i mean but you know he was making over a million a year in w w e so um I mean, he made it clear that was, he was unhappy. He was unhappy with a uh, uh, creative decision to talk about Roman Reigns during his leukemia battle. He didn't mind putting Nia over, but he knew that that was a way to um, to really kind of make him look bad on the way out. He didn't like the way that he was putting Nia Jax over. He didn't mind doing it, but he didn't, uh, he didn't like at all the, the context of it. So he he was unhappy. Here's um,
1: you, you really think Am- Ambrose was getting paid four million for five years, and he gets to wrestle on the Indies, and he got and he got paid a five hundred thousand dollar signing bonus. So you really think Vince was going to give Ambrose four million a year?
0: No, he got no. He nope. got four million. He got four million over five right. years. So that's eight hundred thousand right. dollars a year. So he, so he, he, got more money in WWE. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, uh, he's he didn't care because uh, what he was saying right. in, on the Jericho podcast is that you know he knew that he was offered being offered more money. Um, even in, when he Resigned his contract he said he didn't even look in his contract Because he was so miserable He didn't want to even stay there He wanted um, to be free Yeah uh, he, said he's feel, he said he feels like he's 18 again <laughs> So alright real quick uh, Michelle McCool endorses uh, A bad raw ratings uh, Tweet that a, a user put out And she got pretty geeked about that And uh, the the Twitter user did but Michelle McCool's even on the <laughs> uh, the tweet. Um, let me see the tweet. I'm going to read the tweet. The tweet said, WWE Raw ratings suck. You know what that means. And there's a button uh, to push uh, that says The Undertaker on it. And uh, <laughs> Michelle McCool liked it. So I think it's pretty... Uh, Pretty clear about pe- how people people think about uh, the WWE ratings. All right, um, real quick, this is probably going to take some time. We don't have much time left. Just give me your grades on Stop It Ground I, on my Cray Wrestling page. I had a big, um, I had a big uh, three-hour either live reaction show on Cray uh, Wrestling, uh-huh. which was actually uh, taken down. But uh, I have a copy of it If someone wants to if if Someone who was a part of of it Mm -hmm. Just give me your Give me your email and I'll send you Send you it Um, The first
1: First first three matches was an A After like the Ravens match, this was like a D Uh,
0: I think I'm still Solid on the C Minus yeah, C-minus. C-. Awesome. Yeah, because to me it was just another, it was just a glorified Raw or SmackDown. Like, a, a pay-per-view shouldn't feel like a, a, a an episode of Raw or SmackDown. And I think the problem is a lot of the problem is these pay-per-views, they just feel like an extension of Raw and SmackDown. There's nothing different um, that, like, Please for say. instance, on Stopping Please Grounds on stomping grounds, minus the steel cage match because they don't have necessarily steel cage matches on Raw or SmackDown, very rarely. But other than that being a gimmick match, um, there is nothing. I thought Raw was actually better than than stomping grounds. I, I think Raw was was actually not too bad. Um, but yeah, I'd see minus. It wasn't. It wasn't good. Ryan says B plus. Cody says D minus, the main event sucked. Uh GHP B minus, Eli B minus, Kimbo C. Tammy says the main event was awful. JSP uh, says B minus for a consistent flow of the matches. Uh, the leader says B minus. shout <clears throat> uh, right. out to the uh, to the heavy machine we Otis. Yeah,
1: let's talk about how big how how much Otis got over how did yeah, yeah. still stay as a heel, even though he was in his hometown and he loved it. So, shout out to LeBron
0: yeah, for that. They were still getting booed, but uh, it was it was a good thing. I think the Ricochet move was really good, actually. I think it was really good. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, setting that up for him and AJ was good. I think there's some more to see with that. I, I, I can definitely see. We'll talk about RAW real quick. Um, but let me let me address uh the interesting part to the uh, Seth and um and uh Will Ospreay. So um I just recently wrote an article about the being the uh, the complete timeline. So let's start off with uh, May twenty eighth. Um so that's when uh, uh Moxley was on Jericho's podcast. Uh, and then, you know, of course that's been on the record as far as his Gross Frustrations with being in WWE So on June 25th uh, Sports Illustrated Interview Rollins And he said quite a bit But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote A little bit of it First of all He said you can only sit back And read people bashing Something you love for so long and sit there And take it and try to take The high road so to speak so He said quite a he said much more um, about Ambrose, but there's a couple paragraphs that I want to read. He says, uh, I think it's a little presumptuous of him to get on a podcast and talk down about the company that gave him such opportunities. And he referenced some of those. He did talk about how he was thankful for the time he spent uh, here and the fact that he was able to learn, meet his wife and all that good stuff. Then he goes on and says, you need uh, to take the first step, and that's looking in the mirror and asking yourself, did you do every single thing you possibly could could to make yourself in your situation and what you want it to be? If the answer is yes, you did, and then you can go somewhere else and complain, and if you feel good about it, and if that's where he's at mentally, then go right ahead. But if he hasn't done that and looked in the mirror and made that decision, maybe he should uh look, think about that, and that goes for any other disgruntled talent, past or present. So, <laughs> so that was uh actually posted um today. And then um Back at uh, uh, right after little you know a little bit after Stomping Grounds, um, so based he doubled down on his interview that was posted today. So of course it was recorded beforehand, but it was posted today. So he doubled down and said, "But uh, doubling down, best pro wrestling on the planet." See that cruiserweight triple threat, which was actually a pretty good match, and uh, and that and that's just one night, one match amongst the many. Find anyone else alive who does what I do as well as I do, uh, as often as I do it. You can't. So uh, simply, uh, so so Osprey simply retweets and says, "I'm alive," and so that's created a firestorm of just offensive. Uh, and condescending tweets So yes. Rollins comes back and says Ah, I'm sorry little guy We already have a better Version of you here and he just won The first U.S. title tonight Congrats Ricochet Keep working hard though, buddy Um. And So So uh, that was yesterday And today um, Osprey says a fact of the day Will Osprey wrestle more matches than Seth Rollins and that Was that was late uh, Yesterday and then uh, Rollins responded like 12 about 12 30 in the morning um, And says I mean if you want to talk Numbers we can compare bank accounts To PS that's Counting a month off with a broken back Buddy again I had no Idea like what was the reason to even talk about his bank account like that. Because he lost the
1: argument.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's clearly why he lost the argument.
1: Um,
0: And so uh, Osprey responds, you love adding stuff, don't you? I mean, the original question, which makes perfect sense, and I agree with this, actually. You love adding stuff, don't you? I mean, the original question was, quote, find anyone else alive who does what I do as well as I do it as often as I do it, no talk of money, no talk of ricochet. You said anyone here. I am just as consistent, just as good. Hope the pack heals up. Uh, and so. Um, uh, yeah, Tammy. then he tried to say Osprey was disrespectful. We'll get to that. There's more. Uh, and so uh, Mark uh, Raimondi of ESPN, uh, he posted some highlights for this interview. Um, uh, you know, this this reminds me of like real quick because we're, we're we're pressing short of time here. This reminds me of uh, <laughs> someone who's like going through a sparring contest, like a uh, like a uh, a smaller guy doing like a your mama joke with like a bodybuilder, right? That's what Kimball is. And said. so. Yeah, and so the yeah. and so the smaller guy is just like eating him alive, like he is like going in on the bodybuilder, and so the bodybuilder just kind of like uh, pushes him around because he's it, like it, like he gets owned, it, <laughs> like like uh, it, he gets owned with your mama jokes. This this is what it's crazy. This is what reminds this this reminds me of that. Like like you have it, the, the the little guy, so to speak. Uh, Will Osprey, uh, he he gets he's owning Rollins uh, in the in the in the banter, and so Rollins uh, he decides to bring out his bank account, which is totally irrelevant to the exchange exactly. as a right. way to say, well, my bank account's more, so that means that I'm better. Don't touch your mouth, Rollins. No, it doesn't that? mean that you're better at all. It, <laughs> that does not mean it has nothing to do with anything.
1: It's like watching a karate movies where you see, you know, you have the main guy, you, you see people in a karate movie like Brave Redemption or John Wick and, you, and they're like, alright, let's fight one-on-one, hands-to-hands. And then the bad guy gets his tail beat and he decides to take out a weapon and be cheap. Come on. Right. Right. You, you <laughs> lost, first of all, why you even WWE tried to recruit Osprey before they brought Ricochet in. You go back in history, and if he said you're the best, why are you going to try to blind take Ricochet? Why is Seth Rollins and you, man? you like, all right, I feel like I'm the best. Ospreay didn't do nothing. This is fucking, so yeah. I'm alive. He's going to like, all right, well, maybe one day we'll find out or something. You bring in a bank account? Look, Come on, now.
0: And if I was, <laughs> and if I was <laughs> Ricochet, if I was Ricochet, I'd probably listen, dude. I ain't got nothing to do with this. <laughs> like, you know, listen, you know, I do not put me in this web that has been created. I have nothing. And, I, and kudos to Ricochet, too, because he, you know, he didn't even get into it. Major hey, kudos he, to Ricochet because he had nothing to do with this <laughs> with this uh, exchange. Right. Um, and it's it's funny because uh, from the comments that he made from a. Uh, uh, is uh, ES, on ESPN. Uh, <laughs> Jericho even came in and defended Osprey. Uh, he told uh, Seth Rollins, he said, "Um, he's actually taller and bigger than you." Just saying, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. Osprey played onto it and, and had a picture uh, called a uh, little guy, which is funny with him. Uh, he had a picture of uh, he posted a picture of him on his Twitter account a little bit after Jericho made uh, those comments. So Wade Keller. Uh, from PW Torch He wasn't happy about it He said this isn't a good tone at all Yeah Tim He's, he's, he's selling the little guy search too Which is funny um, yeah, <clears throat> Keller yeah. said this isn't a good tone at all If he wants to get people who love good wrestling Regardless of brand To feel goodwill towards WWE Strength and his vocal leader Buddy little guy Disappointing in character defining condescension This is Hill Corbin promo content Which
1: I disagree with it, that. And real quick, it's sad because get, get, let, let's go back to a year ago, Chris, and everybody listening. Remember when Roman Reigns was going back and forth with one of the kids, you know, the Tonga? They had a Twitter beef. They kept consistent. Reigns didn't bring nothing out of a bank account. It was about promos. It went off about a dance and it died. That's how you yeah. do an argument. Seth Rollins, and, and I like Seth in the ring. His voice is annoying as, as heck to me. Seth, you call this a little guy. Let's go back. If you wrestled in the 80s and WCW were doing the Hogan era, you would barely be making it as an IC champion. There is no yeah. way you will be champ. being in the ring with the Horsemen or the Legion of Doom, Sting, Dusty, Magnum, the Hart Foundation, Hogan, Warriors, Slaughter. Come on now. And, and, and then for you to, to bury your best friend Ambrose, listen to the listen to the interview, Rollins. He didn't bash WWE. He thanked them for everything he did. The only Who, issue you was the creative. Yeah, well, were you talking about? The Ambrose. He was like, look yourself in the mirror. Oh, Ambrose. I mean, he Ambrose. did some
0: bashing. <laughs> he did some yeah, he, bashing. He, he, that's that's he, for sure.
1: He did, but but at the same
0: time, but at the same time, he, but the same time thing was like, right? But the same, I think here's a, here's a big thing with with Ambrose you should have kept it with you and Ambrose. If it's a you, like, if if that's, a, like, okay, yeah. so yeah, this right. fi- this firestorm started with Osprey saying hi, uh, like, defending himself, like, hi, I'm, I'm alive. Like, I, I think I can go toe-to-toe with you. You know, I think that I could be compared to you as far as being the best, which a lot of people would say that Osprey is better than Seth Rollins. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Seth Rollins is fantastic in the ring. Yeah, he is. Um, overall, you know, there's some, some spots that, you know, he, you know, he did a big box against the goat, uh, which I will never, uh, <laughs> uh, I will never forget. Uh, but uh, overall, Rollins is very solid in the ring, but I yeah, mean, we'll all spray certainly hang with them for sure. Um, and so I think by him saying I'm alive, I think it could have sparked some really cool friendly banter. Like for instance, when Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes had their, you know, kind of beef, so right. to speak, like it wasn't crazy, right. you know what I mean? Like, you know, they they made some jabs at each other, but it wasn't like, like it didn't got, it didn't get to the point of like this crap, right? Um, right. So, so for so for so for time, let me just read these real quick. Um. So so basically, Rollins even goes on with the Keller comment. He says, "I don't care about goodwill, Wade. I care about respect." And if some kid who thinks he's got it all figured out wants to step to me, then he's going to get patted on the head and sent on his way, and so will you. Man, did did Becky make you upset? Like, like, what happened? Like, do do, I mean, what happened, Seth? Do we need to talk? Do 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 you and I have to have have a conversation? Like, to me, that just seems like a very, uh, con again, a condescending emasculating uh, comment that was unnecessary to me. Like, I just, I don't know. It just seems like he's had a bad weekend. like a
1: something. little kid. You know, he, um, he like, like one of them brats, some school brats, that, like, there's, like you just whining for just no reason. Like, shut up. Yeah. Like, you're wor- your world champ. You got your boo bag with you. And, and now it's like you coming at the Ambrose, and now and you're you coming at the Osprey, and now you're calling people little guy, and, and buddy, and, and, and this kid. Come on, man. Like, and, and like Tammy said, nobody ever called Seth out. When he started in the Shield, he had the half-blown hair. Nobody did that to him. And I, I'm not hating on Rollins. Bell to Bell, Rollins is one of the best. He is. But, I don't know, man. Yeah.
0: And, um. I mean, then Osprey at the end says, I just said I'm alive. <laughs> show of goodwill, uh, I'm happily uh, – show of goodwill, happily sing your free T-shirt balls. Extra small, slide, in, slide into my DMs. Continuing to own Seth Rollins on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting and, and, and called for Firestorm. Uh, I would say mostly by uh, Seth Rollins, honestly. Um, all right, so we only have a few minutes left, so let's uh, storm through um, the Raw and SmackDown grades. Um, and so, what do y'all think, Raw and SmackDown? Uh, real quick, Evan, what will you give uh, Raw and SmackDown?
1: Uh, actually, Raw, I'll give it like a C to B minus. Raw really wasn't that bad. I watched it today. Uh, I like it. DLC pop ups for the puppets, like the fire. Did y'all, did y'all see that? The, the firefly, the mm-hmm. little uh, puppets popping up. I like that. Uh, Ticket downloading was actually cool. Um, uh, AJB and Ricochet, um, and I mean, I, I thought I thought Raw was a bad thing. Raw was actually better than Ground. SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown was okay. Uh, I gave it about a, about a C plus. Yep. I mean, it really was. Really yeah. Cool. I, I, I,
0: yeah, I say I say a, a B minus for for Raw. Um, I think it it wasn't as um, it didn't drag as much as uh, typically. Um, Usos and revival was uh, solid, and then the elimination match after that was solid too. Uh, I like the build with Strowman and Lashley. I like this tugger war arm wrestling. Like you're you're actually given some time into some feud, which I which I like. I don't like the Lacey-Corbin mix tag. You've already beat them like eight times. Why do they deserve another title shot? That was uh, pointless. And then Joe attacking Kingston. You lost the U.S. title, but you get a WWE title shot. Okay. That that didn't make sense logically. Styles and Ricochet. Uh, I see some potential there just because it seems like this could be a heel turn for AJ. So they're doing a slow burn. I'm all about slow burns. Like they, we're missing that in WWE. We're missing that in pro wrestling, specifically WWE. Slow burns. Um, and I like, uh, I like, take, of course, Taker coming back. That was a good spot. And I, and I like this because this. I don't know if this is going to happen. It could. I hope it does. Uh, I would be cool with this. I would be cool with actually, uh, Reigns doing most of the work. Taker comes in, cleans house. Somehow there's a this screwy something, maybe Elias comes out or something. Uh, and actually, uh, um, actually, um, McIntyre does like a, a, a Claymore onto Taker, pins Taker. I ought to be fun with Taker over McIntyre. Um, And then that sets up for Taker McIntyre at 36. I think that'll be a good setup for them, too. And uh, I'll be I mean, I think Taker should win at WrestleMania. But I think that that would still be a real big moment for McIntyre because he beat Taker, you know, in a team match. So I think that'll be a good setup. I don't think they'll do it, unfortunately, but I think it'll be a good setup. All right, and SmackDown, real quick. We got a few minutes left. I think SmackDown was uh, C solid. I will say yeah. C to C, C. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they're doing the heavy machinery thing. Twenty four seven thing is funny, but it still doesn't mean much. I can't stand the fact what they're doing with Ember Moon. I uh, can't stand it. Um, she got ton of ton, ton, a ton of uh, uh potential. Um and yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, and then we've seen I mean the match was good between Kingston and Ziggler, but yeah, you know. We Ziggler is keep losing. We've seen
1: we'll
0: it. Um all right. Let's do the flavor of the week. We got a few minutes left. Let's do this. It is now time for the flavor of the
2: week. Uh, we'll do the
0: newest one on the PNP playlist. So here we go. All right. All right. So give me your five. Um, give me your five, Evan, on the worst uh, years in WWE. Uh, worst years in pro wrestling. I was going to say, yeah. Worst, worst years in pro wrestling.
1: Everybody ready? The we two will go. Number five, 1990. Sorry, my man, the Ghost thing. Man, Robocop saved you. Rick Flavor just y'all dog. with Harvey. you don't know about that, look it up. The Black Scorpion segment with Harvey. Number four, 2009. All, the whole year of all death folks. And then Kane Kyle Lee sees with Number three, 2011. I was at the WrestleMania. Lizzie Chance, that was one of the worst WrestleMania. I'm sorry. Michael Coburn suggested the King Long, and it was his dad. Number two, 1993, Shock Mass in the NFC more. And I'm good friends with good old Uncle Fred personally. Uh, volleyball was singing Navy Boys, very segment Cargill. And of course, the White Castle said, We don't know where it's at. And the number one worst, yeah, Professor Russell,
2: 1994,
1: Hogan versus Brute What is they saying? of the three pictures in Hogan, 1994, NFC Moore, Cargill year.
0: 1994
1: is the worst year in WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, nice. Stevie
0: Ray agreed to that, too. I just thought I heard that. He wanted me to say it. He don't even want right, to say it. All right, real quick. Let me do uh, 2011. Uh, WrestleMania 27 was, was just bad. Lola versus Cole, Pew, terrible. Summer of Punk had potential, but it ended with uh, Triple H and Kevin Nash bearing that. Uh, and I'm not a Punk fan. I've made that very clear, but there was some potential there. But, uh, number four, I'll do 2018. Um, just WrestleMania 35 was just uh, not very good, minus uh, the mixed tag with Rousey and Angle and Stephanie Triple H. Um, and their record low ratings maybe just because it's just the build of it is just boring. Um, number three, I'll give... Uh, Nin, Nineteen uh, Ninety uh, uh, Four With the uh, Starcade Ninety Four uh, Was just uh, That I mean that Was a Terrible ter- One of the Worst Pay-Per-Views we'll
1: review that
0: next week. Um And uh, Number uh, Two Was uh, a Nineteen Ninety Three WrestleMania uh, Nine Was another Terrible Terrible Pay-Per-View uh, And Number one Is uh, a Nineteen Ninety Five Um uh, Bam Bam and LT was such a terrible uh, feud and then it didn't end because you had Diesel versus uh, King Mabel at SummerSlam which is also very you got Yeah, <laughs> yeah alright ladies and gentlemen we got a robo uh, it's been fun as always ladies and gentlemen 370 episodes in the book big so thank you to Wild Bill Irwin, Irwin to be on the show tonight I hope you all had a Wonderful time. Uh yeah, see then <laughs> yeah Alright ladies and gentlemen, on we'll behalf of EverStack Prout, uh on the radio, I am Chris Featherstone, three hundred and seventy eight episode sign off. Until next week, enjoy your recon God bless and always remember. Uh, have a good night everybody. God bless. Good night everybody. Thank you
1: much.